Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, this is not like, Pastor Mark, nice little story in the Bible. No, this is a person. This is real. Well, how did all this happen? Well, it happened because Jesus took his boat, kept it in the water, and went to a hurting person. He didn't sit on the other side of Israel and go, I'm not going over there. No, he was directed to go, and that's what happens. When Jesus and the power of God step into an impossible situation, impossibility goes out the window. It's a great picture for us of freedom and salvation. Salvation means rescue. There are multitudes of sincere people trying to rescue the world from the many symptoms they imagine are most threatening. God called every Christ follower to go out into the world and rescue the lost. The people who are drowning as their boat fills up with water. Pastor Mark will tell us that we're to infiltrate the world. That means that we shouldn't stay in our pretty little churches with their towering steeples. We need to go out into the world like Jesus did and love those who are lost and hurting. Tell them about the hope that's only found in Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 15, with our continuing study entitled, Keep Your Boat in the Water, But... How do I respond to a world that hates us? Number one, I don't isolate. Number two, I don't become like the world. Notice the water in the boat. We are to impact our culture without being compromised by it. Jesus knew this danger. You see, if I become like the world in my morals, in my way of living, in my thinking, if I become like them, then I have no influence at all. I have to impact the culture that's changing so rapidly without being compromised by it. Look at the last part of verse 15. Jesus says this. My prayer, Father, is that not you don't take them out of the world, watch this, but that you protect them from the evil one. See, Jesus knew that Satan would love to, well, he'd like to come and allow every Christian just to begin to compromise in their values. Well, everybody in the world's doing it. We're just going to start doing it. No. If I'm too much like the world, then I make no difference at all. Lot himself, picture of this in the Old Testament. Lot and his family... He moved next to Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what that stands for. It was a city filled with garbage back then. Well, he moved as close as he could to the city of Sodom. The next thing we see, he actually moves his family into Sodom. The next picture we see, Sodom moves in 
to Lot and his family. That's exactly what Satan wanted. And you know what God came? He destroyed the whole city. That's coming for our world. But right now we have to love them. God removed Lot and his family from that. I want you to see this. There's a, there's a great passage in the Bible that speaks about this. It's a great warning to us. Romans 12, 2. Notice what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, the way I think is what I become. As a man thinks in his heart, what be. So if you, if every program you watch, has people sleeping together, has the homosexual agenda, has people cheating and lying and murdering. Every movie you go to, half naked, all the rest of the stuff. If I'm watching all that, here's what's happening. I'm being squeezed into the mold of Satan. Notice, I want you to write this. This is huge for us in these days because of our culture. We must think and live different so we can make a difference. See, if we're all the same, forget it. We've, we've lost our influence. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, don't be like them, speaking of the world. That doesn't mean we don't wear their clothes, we don't drive cars like this. I'm not talking about any of that external stuff. I'm talking about stuff of the heart. What you read, what you watch, and who you hang with as friends will determine who you become. That's why we have to understand it's a battle of the mind. And I'm going to do no good if I become like that boat, contaminated. See, a boat is supposed to be in the water. The water is not supposed to be in the boat. So if water gets in your boat, what do you do with the bucket? Help me, get it out. And I'm going to ask some of you to get the water out of your boat this morning, spiritually. And to be careful, now you say... You get, I'm glad you're saying that, Pastor Mark, because I want them to get water out of your boat. You're sloshing around your own boat. Careful, careful. Now, can I actually be different? Yes, I can. John 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I have the ability to say no to temptation. Third way I react to a world that hates me. Third way I react. Do infiltrate. In other words, go to the world. Keep your boat in the water. Be around unbelievers. Love them. Partake when you can of their things. I remember, as you know, I was a director of pharmacy for 25 years. Well, we had lots of parties. And as a manager of a big department, uh, I was required to go to those parties. People used to ask me, because I was a, a teacher way back then in church, Pastor Mark, do you actually go to those parties? I said, absolutely I do. And I would go. And, of course, they're all drinking and doing all their stuff and carousing around and whatever. And Linda and I would just have a Coke or whatever and put a little straw in it. Just a straw, nothing else in it, just a straw, but it's a Coke. I said, well, why, why did you do that? So I could talk with them. So they could see I was a real person. So I didn't condemn them. I worked with them. Do you know many of those people over years would walk into my office and say, I got a problem. I know you're different. Could you pray for me? Yes. Now, if I isolate myself, oh, I'm too good to go to that. What have I just lost? All my influence. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? So, now, when it got funky, people drinking too much, and toward the end, all kind of stuff, we just excused ourselves. I didn't say, well, we're leaving now. No, we just excused ourselves. Never talked about it later. Be careful. 
So there has to be some wisdom to this. So I have to keep my boat in the water. You say, Pastor Mark, do you have a verse for that? Yes, I do. <laughs> look at John 17, 18. All of our campuses, look at this. As you send me into the world, Jesus says, Father, you sent me into the world. I have sent them into the world. Every Christ follower is sent in the world. Every Christ follower is sent into the world. We are called to be salt and light and impact our world. We are to be in our boat. We're to be in the water. We're to be in the marketplace of life. We're to love the lost even though they hate us. We're to engage the lost. We're to share the good news. That's why you and I are still here, not gone to heaven. That was a principle Jesus came for. He came to seek and save the lost, to be around them. That's our role model. Now, I want you to scoot over to Mark chapter 5, just back a couple books. And I want to give you a story, and I want you to be in a boat with Jesus. You have your own boat, but I want you to get in the boat of Jesus. And I want you to follow what he does. And as we turn to Mark chapter 5, Jesus has just finished calming the storm on the sea. And he's going to head to an area that the disciples had never been to before. It's an area that, as a Jewish person, you didn't go to. So let's begin chapter 5 and see what Jesus does with people that hate him. Then they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Here's a picture. You can see the Sea of Galilee going all the way, the Jordan River there down to the Dead Sea. On the west side is Israel on the, in, in those days. On the other side is the Decapolis. In Jesus' day, that was where Gentiles lived. There were Decapolis 10. There was 10 Roman cities, Greek cities. And they were all Gentiles. And Jesus didn't come to the Gentiles initially. He came to the Jews and eventually it spread. So there's where they're at. And you can see Gadara. It's kind of the area that we're reading about. And it will, you'll, the story actually happens right on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. It was in that area, but it's always on the east side. Now watch what happens as they take a boat and they arrive. Verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Jesus went by boat. Why did he go to that side? He'd never been to that side before, and we don't think he ever was back there again. Why did he go there? Because the Father told him to go there. He was going to show the disciples the importance of one person coming to Christ. He was going to show his disciples that eventually... God would love all lost people, Jews and Gentiles. We'll look in verse 3. Now, when they got there, this man lived in the tombs, this demon-possessed man, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. He tore the chains apart, broke the irons on the feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out, and he actually does what many young girls, teenage girls do today, And he cut himself with stones. Now, if you look at this man's life, it was miserable. He had no hope. He was possessed by demons. He needed freedom, but no man could help him. No program could help him. No psychology could help him. No 12-step program could help him. No religion could help him. He was a pagan. He believed in many gods. Not one of those dead gods could help him. He was in bondage. I want you to see, not just demon-possessed people, but people in the kingdom of Satan are in bondage. Sin always equals bondage. Would you write this down this morning? Sin always brings bondage, but Jesus always brings freedom. That's what sin does. It binds you to Satan and his desires. 
Jesus came to bring us free. He who knows Jesus, who follows the word, is set free and free indeed. So this young man is going to have an encounter and get a chance to have a personal relationship with God, which will solve all of his problems. Well, look at verse 6. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Now, let me explain this to you. This is not the man doing this. This is the demons doing this in him. And you say, wow, the demons are worshiping. No, they're not worshiping. The demon-possessed man, these demons were showing fear and reverence because they know who this is. This is amazing to me. Watch verse 7. And these demons, through the man, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me? Watch the definition here. Jesus, son of the most high God. And watch this. Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus has said to them, come out of this man, you evil spirit. What do these demons do? These demons recognize Jesus' power, Jesus' person, and Jesus' position. These demons knew that Jesus was God. Jesus was the Son of God. And notice what they said. Don't torture. He had the power of God. Now, this is amazing to me. I want you to pay attention to this. These demons knew who Jesus was, what power he had, and that he was God. Do you understand that most unbelievers in the world today don't know those three things or totally deny them? You ask an unbeliever, well, Jesus, son of God? No, just a man. The demon said, no, he's not just a man. He's the son of God. In fact, he is God. Now, why do most believers, most believers don't know the power, that Jesus has power, that he's God, and he's the son of God? Why? Because they're deceived by Satan. But the demons knew they're already defeated. That's amazing deception to us. Did you know in our, somewhere up in the Tallahassee or whatever now, the atheists now have a, a place because we have a thing up there relating to we believe in God. Now they were given the permission to have, we're atheists, we don't believe in God. So there's something in our state capital now. How foolish. Demons knew better. Don't put that there. Don't put that there. The atheists, let's put it there. Why? Because they're deceived. Amazing to me. Verse 9. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And the legion said, my name is, uh, the man said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Legion just means up to 6,000 people as warriors. Now, they didn't have, he wouldn't have 6,000 demons in him, but he had lots. Watch this. And he begged Jesus again not to send them out of the area. And a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. See, demons always want to be in someone or something. They don't want to be left out. They they want to be inhabiting something. Verse 13. He gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out, went into the pigs, the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Let me ask a question. In verses 10 through 13, who's in charge? The demons or Jesus? Notice they're asking him. They're begging him. Please, we know you're greater than us. Hello. Verse 14, those tending the pigs, people that were watching the pigs are in trouble now. They're all gone. And they reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what happened. So the whole town came out to see what's happened out here. I want you to underline three words in verse 15. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man. Underline these words. 
who had been. Past tense. Who had been possessed by the legion of demons. What was he doing now? He was sitting there. He was dressed and in his right mind. This is a perfect picture of what God wants to do in all of our life. A before and an after. You see, before, this man was running wild. He was totally naked. He was out of his mind. After Jesus, he's sitting. He's calm. He's fully dressed. And he has a perfectly clear mind. Now, this is not like, Pastor Mark, nice little story in the Bible. No, this is a person. This is real. Well, how did all this happen? Well, it happened because Jesus took his boat, kept it in the water, and went to a hurting person. He didn't sit on the other side of Israel and go, I'm not going over there. No, he was directed to go, and that's what happens. When Jesus and the power of God step into an impossible situation, impossibility goes out the window. It's a great picture for us of freedom and salvation. Now look at verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, he's going to go back to the other side, up to Capernaum, where his headquarters were. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. No kidding. (laughs) That's a great way. I mean, the guy's perfectly right to it. But notice verse 19. Jesus had another plan. Jesus did not let him. But he said, no, no, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy or grace on you. Jesus is saying to this young man, get in your own boat and go to your own people. You're a Gentile. These are Gentiles. Go to your family. Go to your friends. And tell them what God has done for you. Look at verse 20. So the man went away. And begin to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Now, I want to stop just for a moment. This new believer obeyed. He put his boat in the water and he went to his pagan world. Here's a Sela moment. I want to ask you two questions this morning. This is for you, not for your neighbor. This is for you. Here you are. Take a look. Where is your boat today? If you're a Christian... Is it in the world? Are you impacting the world? Are you sharing what God has done for you? Second question, where was it during the last six days? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm too busy to do that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You're sent. If there's any time that we need to be sent, it's today. The world has no hope. They're celebrating But they don't understand what they're celebrating, the destruction of America and the world. We have the only hope from A to Z. Well, I want to go back and I want you to think about something for a moment. This guy did what was right. Now, notice what it says in that verse. Look at me, everybody, all our campuses. What would this same change Christ follower tell his family and his world? What would he have to say to them? Now, when we don't know how long Jesus spent with them, not long, not, certainly not more than a day. We don't know what he told them. Certainly, I'm, totally, I'm sure he told them about sin, that he'd come to die on the cross and, you know, shared all these things with them. But as Jesus gets in his boat and heads back, this guy starts down to go tell his family. What would he tell his family? Well, he'd get with his family and say, well, let's turn to Isaiah 4. Let me tell you about Jesus prophesied. Well, no, he didn't have a Bible. 
Well, let me get my iPad out here because I got a sermon that Jesus said gave me. He just sent it over by email. No, he didn't have an iPad. Let me ask you a question. What would he say to his family and friends that they were so amazed? He didn't have a Bible college degree. All he said was, well, I met this man. He got rid of the demons. He told me he was Jesus. There is a one God. And he said, if you believe in me, you can be changed. He forgave my sins. And here I am. And that amazed the whole world. Hello. How complicated is it? Just tell your story. How God changed you. You don't need a Bible degree. Pastor Mark, I haven't gone through. You know, this guy didn't go through 101 to 701. He never heard the book Experiencing God. He just experienced it. It's amazing, isn't it? My wife and I talked about that. What in the world? What did he say? He didn't know any of the disciples. He didn't know anybody. One of the disciples said, Pastor Mark, why didn't Jesus take him with him? Well, number one, he's Gentile. So his place is with the Gentiles because that's who he related to. Jesus wouldn't minister to the Gentiles till later. So he leaves a Gentile that's been converted to minister to Gentiles in that area. What a great way to reach that area. Now, why did Jesus go? For one man. What was he saying to his disciples? Keep your boat in the water. And let God direct you to people who are hurting, cutting themselves. Of course, not everybody we go to is obviously filled with a demon. But they're hopeless because they're in the kingdom of Satan. Now, we're going to do two things this morning. So I want you to look at me. Don't put your Bibles away. Don't do anything. In a few moments, I'm going to ask for people to come become Christians at all of our campuses. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, pray a prayer with me. We learned this morning you're in one of two families. If you don't change the family you were born in, which is the kingdom of Satan, you'll go where Satan goes, the lake of fire, hell. If you want to transfer and be saved and ask God to forgive you of your sins, you can go to the kingdom of heaven. Because that's where God, a kingdom of God, and that's where heaven is. Eventually, when you die, you go there. But you have to change kingdoms. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Some of you backslid, and you need to come back to God. Second, in a moment after we do that, we're all going to stand, and we're going to sing one song before we close the service. I ended early for that reason. I don't want anybody leaving. Now, we're not going to do this way every single week. But while we're standing to do that song... Eventually, we're going to have prayer counselors come at all of our campuses down front. In the balcony, we'll have prayer counselors. And if you have any need, any kind of prayer that you want, anything that's on your mind, lab result this week, money problem, marriage problem, health problem, teenage problem, just depression yourself, just the life, the stuff that gives us, we're going to ask you to come because God answers prayer. We want you to know that we care for you and that you can always be touched. And prayer changes things. Pastor Mark told us in today's message that sin always brings bondage. But Jesus always brings freedom. Where is your boat today? Is it docked next to the pier of sin? Or is it tied up in the safety of Jesus and living and walking for Him? It's a choice that every person must make for themselves. Don't allow Satan's strongholds to hold you back from experiencing the peace and love that God has to offer. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will take a trip to the doctor's office to learn about spiritually healthy indicators. Pastor Mark will show us how you can tell if you're living a healthy life loving God. Part of this examination will involve looking at ourselves and our involvement in the local church and with other Christians. It really is where the rubber meets the road. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons for this.